I have a question. If someone talks trash about your teammate, what do you do? You get their back. If someone lays hands on your teammate, what do you do? You get their back. If someone takes a cheap shot on your teammate, what do you do? You get their back. What not to do? Be a damn cowboy. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sports Talk from the Crib. I'm your host, Tanner Christian. Boy, we had some great games here this last Sunday. Some great games with NFL Week 7, including a battle of undefeated teams there in the AFC, the last two remaining, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tennessee Titans. And the Pittsburgh Steelers came out with a 27-24 victory. The Steelers actually had a 27-7 lead there in the third quarter. So they were up 20 points. But the Tennessee Titans came rolling back. They were 17 unanswered. Actually had a chance to tie. They are at the end of regulation. Well, about 14 seconds left. And Goskowski missed a 45-yard field goal just right of the uprights. And his woes continue on the year. He did hit a 51-yarder earlier. But is he, he is missing way too many damn field goals now. It's like every other kick that goes up, you just pray it goes in because he's having a horrible year. It may be time to finally cut bait there for Tennessee and Goskowski because you can't afford to have this many missed field goals, including this one here in a big AFC matchup. We had a chance to tie, and I think if they would have actually gotten it, Tennessee would probably would have gone on and win the game because they've been clutch there late in games, especially Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill on the day had 18 of 30 for 220. 220 yards, two touchdowns. Derrick Henry, Debo, 20 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Brown, six receptions, 153 yards, a touchdown. Including that big, huge 73-yard touchdown reception there in the second half. And that guy has blazing jets. That guy is super fast. He took it to the house. Burners. He put the burners on, but it wasn't enough there at the end. Big Ben for the Steelers, 32 of 49. 268 yards, two TDs, three picks, and one very costly pick that what set up that um, drive there for the Tennessee to even have a chance. Big Ben threw a costly fourth quarter interception there in the end zone, and that's why the Tennessee even had a chance to do come away with a win or to tie the game up there and make it go to the overtime. But Big Ben, 49 pass attempts. Threw the ball all over the place. James Conner, 20 carries, 82 yards. He actually had more rushing yards than Derrick Henry in this game. And Dante Johnson had nine catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns there for the Steelers. So the Steelers remain the only undefeated team in the AFC. And now the whole NFL after, you know, yesterday. So the Steelers are now in sole possession of the best record in the NFL. They are now 6-0. Tennessee falls to 5-1. But let's give this Steelers team some props. You know, last year, they were able to go, you know, at the end of the year with no quarterback. Big Ben was out. 
in the carousel of quarterbacks, they still had a decent year and a decent finish to the season. But look, Big Ben is back. And now look what happens. That defense is good. This Steelers defense is finally coming around like it used to be. It's taken a little while to get rebuilt over the past couple of seasons. They have come back to real steel curtain football. Because right now, they are lead the league in defense in yards per game. 286.3. They got 26 sacks on the year. And they are only letting up 19.7 points per game. So this defense is for real. Mika Fitzpatrick was a huge pickup. He just kind of glued it all together there at that safety position when they got him for a first-round pick last year with Miami. He's fitting nicely. He's covering very well. And the only big loss when they lost Devin Bush there for the year, a great linebacker, a young kid there. Kind of sad to see him out. But this steel curtain, are we seeing the flashbacks of a great Steelers defense? Because they're getting to the quarterback. They're playing, not letting up very many yards per game. And they're six overall, you know, 19.7 points per game. So the Steelers, they are still in the division with the Ravens. And the Browns are winning too. For some reason, they're 6-0. But the Ravens are now 5-1. And and the Browns are now 5-2. We're going to get into, you know, the outcomes of those games a little later in the show. And this Steelers team needs to be taken for real. Because they're playing lights out. The only undefeated team. Now, as for the Titans, they're the same way as I've been saying. Everybody was on this Ryan Tannehill hype train. I'm trying to tell everybody. I watched this guy for six years in Miami. He is so dependent on the run game and the play action pass. When it's not time for that, he will struggle. He had so many times during this game where it just happened. Lucky A.J. Brown took that one to the house for you. Now, yes, I know. He didn't throw any interceptions. He didn't fumble the ball. But this game. But I'm telling you now. When he, every time he plays a great defense or this a good overall team, a playoff caliber team, Ryan Tannehill will struggle it showed last year. That was Derrick Henry running all over everybody. It wasn't Ryan Tannehill passing the ball. I'm trying to tell everybody. Hop off that train. When people last last week, this is past week, I'm watching ESPN and everybody was like, oh my goodness, Ryan Tannehill is like in the MVP conversation. He is playing so well. Like he's comp- not turning the ball over. He's getting all these yards. Derrick Henry is the guy. He is the MVP of this team. If Derrick Henry isn't getting going, this team is not getting going. Because you cannot rely on the arm of Ryan Tannehill. I'm telling you, you guys got to settle down. Everybody out there. All these analysts I'm watching. I'm listening to other podcasts. I'm watching all the sports channels. And everybody is on this Ryan Tannehill train. Majority, I would say like at least 80% of the people. Some people are still like me. Hey, saying, hold up. Do not put an MVP caliber conversation with Ryan Tannehill. He's not in the same class as a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers now. 
or Tom Brady or whomever. I am not picking. I'm not picking Ryan Tannehill over Big Ben. I would take Ben Roethlisberger right now. Right now, I would take Ben Roethlisberger over Ryan Tannehill. I would take Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Russell Wilson. I'll take Pat Mahomes. I'll take Drew Brees. I'm taking Tom Brady. I can keep going and going and going. Of all the quarterbacks I'd rather have than Ryan Tannehill. Okay? So everybody, I hope it starts settling down a little bit now. Because, you know, Steelers had the ball majority of this game there in the first half. That's why they had that big lead. Even though Big Ben almost blew it for him there. I'm still rolling with Big Ben over Ryan Tannehill. Okay, now going on to one of the Steelers' rivals there right in the division. The Cleveland Browns. They came out on top for the big fourth quarter comeback. There. Beating the Cincinnati Bengals by a score of 37-34. to And we were making fun of Baker Mayfield. It's amazing how in one week everything changes. Like always, like it usually does in sports. I've been very critical of Baker Mayfield. Everybody really has. But you were playing the Bengals. So I'm not going to give you all the credit. But you did have a great game. Cooning game winning touchdown pass there with 11 seconds left to Peoples. My guy out there out of Michigan. Donald People Jones. He finished the day off with three catches, 56 yards, a touchdown. But nothing was bigger than that game-winning 24-yard reception with a great grab there in the end zone. A great throw there by Baker Mayfield. He finished the game 22 of 28, 297 yards, five touchdowns, and a pick. That pick came off the very first pass he threw in the game. Then the fourth quarter, he had three touchdown passes. That's usually when he fails. Four total touchdown passes there in the second half. It was actually a great battle between him and Joe Burrow. It was great to see. It was actually an interesting game, an exciting game, especially there in the fourth quarter where they were alternating scores. Joe Burrow, the kid can play. He finished the game with 35 of 47, 406 yards, three touchdowns, a pick. He is having a little trouble hanging on to the ball. He had three fumbles. He lost one of them. But that's one thing he needs to work on. Poor guy there in Cincinnati. Nothing's really going good now. He dropped the one, one win still. So, But you lose to Cleveland. Oh, man, they were up so big. Man, I thought Cincinnati was going to pull it out there at home. But Baker Mayfield, it's like I said, it's amazing what one week does. And can we made fun of them all week. They're a 4-2 and two team, and they're acting like they're winless. Now they're 5-2. and two. They are right there in the division. And look at these next three games they have. Raiders, Texans, and Eagles. They're all at home, and they're all going to be winnable games. Texans are struggling. The Eagles are just depleted with injuries. They're struggling. And the Raiders just came off a big loss here this time to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, the Raiders are struggling there on defense, too. Baker Mayfield and the Browns. You could potentially look at an 8-2 and two record going into before you have to start playing everybody in the division again. You, this is a perfect time for, for you to get up and ahead 
before you start playing all the division rivals again. But even though this game here, it came down to the very last play, by the way. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns almost found a way to lose when Joe Burrow th threw that Hail Mary and it got deflected and almost landed in A.J. Green's lap. So Cleveland Browns still almost gave his game away. They pretty much were in there in the you know the first half, their early second. But I give a lot of props to Joe Burrow. Baker Mayfield did his thing with five touchdowns. He was very impressive with the football. And but the one big, big injury. You realize I haven't mentioned his name yet. OBJ. Odell Beckham Jr. left the game. He's now been diagnosed with a torn ACL. Because he didn't have a reception, it happened very early. No yards, but OBJ season ending ACL injury. Now, I think it could be a blessing in disguise. I hate to say it like that, but it really could be a blessing in disguise for Baker Mayfield and Cleveland. Because it seems like Baker Mayfield just plays better when OBJ is not on the field. He seems to have a better, you know, overall reception of the defense. Seems like he can actually read the coverages and where they're shifting. You know, and everybody seems to get the ball. It seems like the offense flows a little better. Because him and OBJ, frankly, have never been on the same page. Ever since OBJ came there in the trade with the Giants. Him and Baker have never been really on the same page. So... When you see all this, you know, going back and Jarvis Landry didn't even lead the uh, Browns here in receptions or receiving yards in this game. Rashard Higgins did. Six catches, 110 yards. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he had the game-winning touchdown. You know, Jarvis Landry only had five catches. So, and LBJ didn't have any. So you saw what they did. And Joku got a touchdown grab as well. So you... It seemed like Baker Mayfield went back to how, you know, when he took over in his rookie year about midway, came in on a Thursday night football, wowed everybody. That's what we saw yesterday in, the, in that Cincinnati Bengal game. That's the Baker Mayfield everybody wants to see. It just seemed like everything was in sync more. Cream Hunt did well on the ground. You know, they really are missing Nick Chubb, though, so they could have that one-two punch there in the backfield. But... It seemed like Baker Mayfield started getting the flow of himself. Like I said, he is playing Cincinnati. I get that. But these next three games would be a good way to get in the groove, get in some kind of sync with your receivers and tight ends and running backs, and just get your game back to how it needs to be. Because like I said, you got the Raiders, Texans, and Eagles. They're all struggling. This is the perfect time for you to get in sync. I really don't think he's going to miss OBJ that much. Because like I said. They didn't have a very good connection. It seemed like it was always been trying to force him the ball. Or he'll just look at him during the plays and say hey that's my first read. I'm going to look at him regardless of the coverage. So life after you know OBJ being injured. It may be okay for the Cleveland Browns. And now it is time everyone. This is the game we got to talk about. The conversation we have to have. This had, this really did have me ticked. It really did have me pretty ticked off when I saw this. Like, I'm not a big 
Dallas Cowboy fan. I love making fun of them because I'm like, how about them Cowboys? But after yesterday's game, my goodness, I can't believe what I saw again. Dallas Cowboys lost 3-25 against the Washington football team. Andy Dalton, 9 completions, 75 yards, 0 TDs, an interception. Zeke Elliott all of a sudden can't run the ball anymore. 12 carries, 45 yards. He's doing absolutely nothing. And one of the most alarming stats, C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, zero receptions. Zero. Washington football team, Kyle Allen, he threw for 194 yards, two touchdowns. Antonio Gibson, who hasn't had a 100-yard you know, rushing game in his entire career, he ran for 128 yards and a touchdown. Terry McLaren, there, the receiver for the Red or the Washington football team, almost said it. I almost said it again. <laughs> he had 90 yards receiving, a touchdown. He burned Trayvon Diggs there, like he was challenging him, talking all that mess and garbage. I think he burned him for a big 50-plus yard touchdown. So yeah, the Cowboys get you know can't play any defense, but they're talking trash. They're saying he can't, you know, he can guard him. Then he gets burned. I mean, absolutely burned. But that wasn't the worst out of everything that happened. It wasn't that they lost 25-3. It wasn't that they can't play defense. It wasn't that they can't play offense. It wasn't that they can't play special teams either. There was a very dirty play there by Bostic, the linebacker there for Washington. Andy Dalton was trying to rush away from the pot because, you know, got all those backup offensive linemen in there. They can't block, so he's running for his life the whole game, trying to throw the ball. And this one, he gets out of the pocket. He's like, I'm out of here. Slides down and gets drilled. Absolutely drilled, concussed. He actually had no memory of the play happening. He really had no memory of the game. It was a cheap shot. A veteran in Bostrick like, you know, like he needs a suspension for that hit, first off. He needs a suspension. But not one damn Dallas Cowboy came to his defense. Not one. They watched it happen. And all of a sudden they stood there and stunned. They looked at a unconscious Andy Dalton who looked this this is horrible. He had no clue where he was. But usually when this stuff happens, you expect a fight. You expect some at least some shoving, some talking. But none of that. Not one damn Dallas Cowboy. Not one offensive lineman. Not one receiver. Amari Cooper was in the area. The offensive linemen were there. These guys were all in this area. Where's Zeke? Your supposed leader who comes on during the you know microphone saying, I gotta lead this team. I gotta do me and you know help this team win. Where were you? Did you come to his defense? Nope. Hey Amari Cooper, you're a veteran. Did you come to his defense? Nope. Michael Gallup, how about you? Nope. You're a starter. CeeDee Lamb? Oh, nope. He's pulling up zero catches over there being a rookie. Was he there? Nope. Not one offensive lineman either. Usually those are the guys that get into it. Yeah, you did that to my quarterback? Knock him out like that? You did that to my teammate? Usually you see one of those guys getting into it. 
I expected a big brawl to break out. But nope, not by a Dallas Cowboy. You're too damn soft. Mike McCarthy, the head coach, came on the news conference saying he's disappointed in his team's, you know, not standing up for him. He wanted those guys to get up in there. But hey, Mike McCarthy, you're soft too. You're soft. This team doesn't want to play for you. This team doesn't want to play for you guy there on defense. Why hasn't that move yet been taking place? You at least got to make that move. Get Mike Nolan out for being a defensive coordinator for your team. This is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. It's pitiful. It's embarrassing. Like, you are America's team, so-called. America's team with the big star in your helmet. You're going to go to Washington? A team that has been relevant in years? A team that hasn't made the playoffs in years? For that change their name, they don't even have a damn name anymore. They don't even have a damn name. You just got to call them Washington football team. And you lose. You just put up three points. You let some running back that just run all over you. You let a backup quarterback in Kyle Allen beat you. Like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with this team? Are you an NFL football team? Sure ain't lacking like it. Sure ain't playing like it. But for not one damn player to come to that man's defense, that is just embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. I'll be one run off the damn sideline at one of those guys. Who cares? Y'all supposed to stand up for one another. Y'all is looking at your own wounded there on the ground. Like, oh well. It's nothing. Season's over for us. We don't care. Like, that's what it looks like. And I'm putting the blame on Jerry Jones, too. The guy wanted to have a little puppet head coach come in there. I was back and forth on that hire, and I was just like, ugh. Mike McCarthy, what has he done besides win that Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? What has he done? What has he done in the NFL besides that? Nothing. Nothing. That was a big problem with the Cowboys. It was all Jason Garrett's fault. A little clapper on the sidelines. The little clapper. Guy just wanted to clap and say, good job, guys. Guess it wasn't him. That's why I'm putting some of this blame on Jerry. Because he wanted a little puppet head coach to come in there saying, hey, we got a, we got this, you know, a little bit QB whisperer guy. You know, he, he said he's up on his analytics now. And he's, He's doing new things. The guy is still stuck in like 2012. Jerry. 2012 Mike McCarthy walked in your door. That crap. It's 2020. And your best quarterback. Your best offensive guy. That you have. Is hurt and out for the year. And the only leader you had on the team. Is out for the year. You should have paid that man because if you would have paid that man first, I think this team would be responding a little bit better. You chose to pay him first instead of Ezekiel Elliott, $90 million would be a running back and hasn't done damn thing since he's gotten that contract. Amari Cooper, a $100 million man who quits on his routes and doesn't, you know, doesn't show any kind of leadership. $100 million. Jalen Smith, linebacker. Getting that money. 
not doing a damn thing. D. Lawrence, ever since he caught that contract two years ago, all of a sudden he can't sack anybody. Can't even tackle anybody. But that's the guys you chose to pay over Dak Prescott. The guy who was your backbone to the team, who was the ultimate leader, the ultimate competitor, who kept you in games you should have never been in and fought every damn minute he was on the field, ain't there. And now your team ain't there. That star, take it off your damn helmet. That's how I feel about these Cowboys. Somebody needs to rip that star off their helmet until they earn it. Take it off. That's what I would do. Guess what, guys? Taking off that damn star off your helmet. Until you act like a football team. You act like you want to win. You act like you want to be here. You act like you want to play some damn football. For you guys not to come to that guy's defense, Andy Dalton, feel bad for you, man. You got your chance to be a cowboy like you always wanted to do. And look what happened. Now you got some guy, what's his name? Danucci? Uh, James Madison is going to start for the Dallas Cowboys now. Oh, man, it's just going to get bad. It is just going to get bad, bad for these Dallas Cowboys. And the whole NFC East is just an atrocious embarrassment to the NFL. Wow. These Dallas Cowboys, they don't deserve a star, I'll tell you that much. They don't even deserve a team. I'll take some. I'll take Clemson over them. That's how much heart they got. Dallas Cowboys have no heart whatsoever. I'll take the Clemson College football team to beat them right now. It's embarrassing. Well, that's how I feel about it. I want to know how you all feel about it. I'm sure you all feel about it the same way. If you have know about football and you're competitive, you got to feel like how I feel. Because definitely, this. <laughs> oh man, I just trying to stay calm about it all. But those Dallas Cowboys, you don't deserve a football team. Don't deserve a damn fan base either. So that's how I feel about the situation. It's only going to get worse. And this is embarrassing. All right, everyone. That's going to do it for this episode. This was part one now of the NFL Week 7 recap. Stay tuned for part two. I want to thank you all for joining me here on Sports Talk from the Crib. You know, your favorite sports host, Tanner Christian here. Be sure to check out the official website there at feelyheatentertainment.com. That's feelyheatent.com. Our latest sports and updates regarding the podcast and articles up there as well for you. Be sure to check out the Instagram there at Feel the Heat Feel the Heat Entertainment. Stay tuned for part two coming up on the next episode. See you then.